Hello, my name is David Tan, and you're listening to Likes of Color. In this podcast, we talk to creators of all kinds to understand how and why they got so dang good at what they do. On today's episode, we have Peter Tremelian, filmmaker and photographer. Hi, my name is Peter Tremelian, um, director of photography living in the Dallas area, and I'm happy to be on the show. Thanks for being here. How long have you been doing that? Um, my interest sort of sparked when I was younger, casual creation of skateboard videos with my friends. Um, my high school ended up building up a really nice program for us, and I experimented and gotten in with some of the teachers and you know I kind of learned that there's a world there that um, offers a profession and um, I took it further and I got my bachelor's in radio TV film from Rowan University um, where I was able to make some really special projects and meet some lifelong friends so that was kind of the track it went it was a it was a hobby at first and now it's a lifestyle cool so let's talk about I guess more in depth about your education and to this craft. How did you start to learn? Was it when did you think you were becoming more serious about the technical aspect of it? Yeah, I mean the technical I took from the classroom, but I also did a lot of my own research. I think that I, I grew into it in in a very a uh, great time to do so because the resources offered on on the web and um, just the the amount of accessible resources and information just kept growing as I kept growing and I wanted to get my hands on everything and learn everything that I could so uh, I, I definitely took what I learned in the classroom and I, I experimented outside of the class so that when I went back into the class you know I'd have a leg up and try to even push my experiments further and um, continue ask for asking for advice from my peers and my professors. And um, I think the biggest thing for me was that it was so low pressure for so long. And when there is no pressure, you get the chance to experiment. And I think with anything, if you if you really know the ins and outs of the technical, uh, and you kind of master that part of it, then you can start to experiment, and then you can start to take a step back from the technical, and it just becomes second nature. So. By no means am I finished learning the technical. I mean, this world is very, very, very technical, obviously, but also constantly changing, like most of the tech world. So, you know, do the homework, but also remind yourself why you're doing it and that the technical is only half of it. Cool. So what uh, projects do you primarily work on? What's like, I guess we could divide it into business and personal, like, yeah. So my interest has grown in the realm of the documentary making world. Um, I experimented in college with a couple of doc classes and doc theory classes. And um, I had some really great professors in school that um, sort of, they showed me that world and they, they offered me a set of resources that I wouldn't normally have outside of school. Um, and I'm really thankful that my program offered me that, uh, offered me that, sorry. And, uh, you know, we went ahead to make a senior thesis film in the Cayman Islands, uh, me and a couple of very close friends of mine, um, about 
um, beleaguered fish and coral reef life in danger by a big government project. Um, and from there, you know, we, we had a, a framework and a structure because I had lived there for a couple of years in high school and I brought back some experience uh, to New Jersey and I remembered this being a topic and I sort of re-explored it and got in contact with some of my friends and colleagues back down on the island. And from there, we made a really special piece that has helped a lot of people, has helped shed a light on an issue. And um, I've really been able to see the impact that Doc does when you put it in front of the right people, when you put it in front of the wrong people, when you stir the pot, when um, when you get the conversation engaged and you, you keep your foot on the gas, um, especially with environmental work. Um, so that was definitely really eye-opening and, and really special. And from there, I kind of grew a big doc interest. And my background from before then was pretty much like all narrative stuff. That's all I really cared about. Um, but I'm doing a mix of everything right now. I'm doing music videos. I'm doing some sort of branded commercial work. Um, doc stuff is my passion and, you know, open to anything else. Uh, right now, corporate stuff, short brand messaging is sort of paying the bills. I mean, we are in a very scary time right now. I'm thankful to have work consistently. Um, uh, but, you know, you got to do what pays the bills. But right now, I'm developing a lot of passion projects and using this time to really hit it hard when everything is safe to get back up and running. And I definitely want to continue pursuing doc work as much as I can. Yeah. That's that's where my interest lies. I mean, the goal really for me, I, I've been thinking and thinking like I'd really love to shoot big budget ad work, like short form narrative ad work, because I think there's a beauty in short form storytelling and there's such a big market for it now. And uh, I just I'm trying to work my way in. It's a little bit of a hard place to get to. But like anything else, I mean, you meet the right person, you shake the right hand and um, you make the right impression. You know, I'm I'm confident that with a good attitude and with constantly honing my craft and being patient and open-minded, that I can get there. Just uh, just kind of keep moving. Yep. So with doc work, documentaries, how do you find like what message to say? Do you have anything that's on the table right now? I know we're going through a lot uh, as a nation, you know, but. Mm -hmm. Even before this, do you have anything on the table? Any projects you're trying to work on? Yeah, um, there's a project right now that I had started my junior year of college that was in development, and I, I actually I put it out, but I quickly retracted it because it's a passion project of mine. I realized I kind of rushed it. It's a project on my dad. Um, he's putting together a book that is for my brother and myself, but we don't know what the book is about. <laughs> and I'm trying to follow the, the journey of seeing him put together the book in the closest way that I can without revealing it for myself, but also trying to discover what the book is actually being about based on what I think his, his experiences have contributed to his own journey and his own persona and how 
he might take certain things from his life and offer it to us. Cause I think it's sort of like a guidebook. Um, but I don't know how he's doing it. So I've, I've retracted this project and I've, I've went back to the drawing board and, um, unfortunately it's on a little bit of a pause cause I'm in Texas right now. Um, and my dad lives in New Jersey, but, um, I'm taking this one slow and I think this is going to become, uh, like a 15, 20 year project. So I'm being patient with it. I'm letting it become what it will be. It's constantly living and breathing, but overall, like knowing what to say, knowing the message it's, you know, I'll pick, I'll pick two, two cliches here. One being it comes from within because absolutely, obviously everything is a remix. We see, and we inspire, we see inspiration all around us and we take from what we will, but a certain degree does have to come from inside, but also like you begin to, to think about what is most important to you and what could be very telling in the moment, what could be important for others. But I think like, as long as you even have the slightest idea about how you want to say something and what your interests are, you have the framework for a documentary and that could be a million different ideas. Um, and then from there, I kind of whittle it down to what I can execute in the moment or what I can wait and develop for future prospects and future situations. But bottom line, pen it down, you know, give it a lot of thought, think about all the directions you can go in and, you know, see what your resources are looking like. Yeah. Let's talk about a little bit about your school experience. You said you had a great opportunity. If you could expound on that and maybe go into some opinions on higher education for the creative arts. Sure. So I took a, I took a senior level documentary production course at Rowan um, in the spring. It's, technically a full year course because the precursor class is documentary techniques and documentary film production, which is a theory class. But in that class, you work on a proposal for a, a short documentary film, um, a short being under 20 minutes in the 20 minute realm. And from there, I, I worked tirelessly through the first class and through the first half of the second class to put together proposals, ideas, and lots of spitballing. We had a couple of industry producers come in and do a roundtable with us. And I mean, they just, they ripped us apart mm-hmm. for all the right reasons and, um, and motivated us too for all the right reasons. You know, a lot of people in the class, including myself, were very discouraged that like, you know, how, like I have no money. I want, I want to tell such a big story. I want to fly to an Island and I want to fly to an Island for less than two weeks. I want to try to explore the ins and outs of an issue that I'm passionate about and that my colleagues are very passionate about and do it in a way that will fit my artistic vision, but also that will be executable realistically. Right. So just between the travel and the task and the unknown ground, I mean, driving on the other side of the road, the heat, the navigation, I had a little bit of experience having lived there, but I mean, that was seven, eight years prior at the time. So a lot had, a lot had changed during my second visit. I mean, the whole Island was revamped 
um, which is actually sort of part of the, the documentary itself. But, you know, besides that, it's a lot to process at first, but like I said before, you allocate, you think about your resources, you figure out how to execute and you whittle it down to the bare minimum if you need to. Um, and thankfully we had a good amount of support from the documentary department. You know, I helped contribute a little bit and my, my crew helped contribute a little bit and it was a challenge. I mean, you know, 95 degree days, 16 hour days for, 10 days straight just we came in with a plan and the plan went south because access is everything and when you explore touchy subjects access is sometimes very very limited depending on the angle that you have depending on who you know you know it's all about connections so um we couldn't speak to nearly as many people as we wanted to however we actually took a little bit of a back seat and just enjoying the tail end of the trip because we had worked so hard at that point. And, you know, if I'm being honest, we didn't really have a story and we enjoyed our company with the amazing people that we met and actually the natural course of our stay and the enjoyment of just being there and uh, taking a load off more actually happened. And we, we ripped out the cameras and we started shooting and situations occurred that, were just sort of presented to us and that ended up becoming a really huge part of the film. So again, having the tools and having the ability to know how you want to tell something uh, is the most important thing because if you have situations that just arise, you know, you have to document it and you have to give it a lot of thought prior to how you want to approach it. And, you know, this was a complete surprise to us. And we just shot it and, you know, it was gritty, it was dirty, it was messy, it was dark, but it was important. And it was really special that we could capture something in the moment and share it with a lot of people. So there's also just a huge level of energy and a huge rush to dock making. I feel, um, you know, you have no ability to say, Hey, the sun's not in the right position. Let's throw up a giant silk or, um, let's wait till tomorrow. Like we can't do that. Right. You have to yeah. be on your feet. You have to make something. You have to shift things around. You have to get dirty. And like, I'm one of those guys, like just throw a camera on my shoulder and like put me through the elements, man. Like I'm here to get it and I'm going to get it good. So, yeah, that was a great experience. That was a great experience. And ongoing, hopefully. I have a feeling that, you know, it's 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 made a lot of impact thus far, but I definitely want to try to continue and remain a part of the conversation for as long as I possibly can. Yeah, do you want to talk a bit a bit about that conversation? Yeah, so the project itself, um, the film is called Rebirth. It's it's spelled R-E-B-E-R-T-H. Uh, sort of a dual meaning there. Um, the re is in the revitalization and the, the rebirth of coral reefs that have been damaged and um, displaced and uh, fish that have been fished out. Um, but also the um, elephant in the room being this $250 million cruise ship birthing facility um, that is said to wipe out a very large population and neighboring populations of a rare, a already very endangered coral reef life um, in an island where coral reef is extremely flourished and, pre and present and beautiful. Um, and so our angle was 
to obviously speak to the government intentions behind the project and hear why we need this on the economic side, but also the detrimental economic, uh, I'm sorry, environmental impact um, and the necessity when trying to balance living without excess and keeping jobs, but not completely tarnishing the beauty of an island and, you know, 10,000-year-old coral reefs. So it's a big, big subject, but narrowing in was the most important thing for us. So we focused on a couple of people from all walks of life that lived on the island that had stakes, whether directly or indirectly, um, and spoke to it. You know, we had a couple of activists on the very direct level, you know, speaking with legislators and officials and, um, you know, young college students just trying to get their friends to show up to a dive cleanup to help clean up an area that is a popular dive site for tourism. Um, but the flip side to that being that actual dive facility was said to be removed in order to give way for this um, birthing facility. This specific dive site had a lot of history and a lot of tourist attraction, which the whole point of building this berth obviously is to get more passengers, increase money, blah, blah, blah. But it comes down to, are you trying to remove your best resource um, and what comes with that? Are there stakes? How high are the stakes? How much are you willing to sacrifice of your natural beauty to do that? So, you know, the film ended up being um, very much about the environmental impact. We very much lacked the ability to speak to the people sort of headlining and, and uh, directly creating this birthing facility and we're at the drawing board. Um, you know, it's a very touchy subject, like I said, but we chose to, we chose to explore from all walks of life. As I said before, people that were directly and indirectly affected by it, you know, somebody that lives in complete simplicity with, you know, in a straw hut and, um, a rehoused ice cream truck that is used as a generator to power his old, his whole compound. Um, and he's the happiest man on earth. I mean, this idea of living without excess and how far does it have to go for you to want to remove your natural beauty to continue tourism and the bigger idea of sustainability as a whole moving forward. So it was a big project for sure. Um, the film ended up being about 38 minutes, um, a little longer than I kind of would have liked, but I went back and forth with my professor at school and I fought for leaving in a lot of the things, even though she definitely recommended that I didn't leave a lot of it in just for the sake of getting the message across quicker, but it wouldn't have done as much service to take out those things. And, you know, it's a tricky one. You have to kill your darlings, but at the same time, if this is something that needs to be in there and you really feel like it does, Sometimes you have to do it. And I think the downside to it was that we didn't get as many festival recognized submissions because or acceptances because it was on such uh it was was on the longer side. Being at thirty eight minutes for a short is like I mean, you're flirting with feature territory, so 
your film could be better, but if they only have time for a 20 minute program, you might get cut. So our intention was never to just have a good festival run. Obviously the film lives and breathes to this day and educating a lot of people about the cause, but you know, in order to get it out, for people to see it everywhere we really did want to have a long festival run and i'm very thankful for the one that we had um i would have loved to for it to have been a little longer but you know that's okay where would people be able to find this if they wanted to so as of recently as of as of october or november i made it public so it's on facebook uh rebirth film and it's also on vimeo rebirth all caps r-e-b-e-r-t-h or you can visit my vimeo page um peter chamalian and you'll see it um you'll see it right there so yeah uh happy to share it publicly now we've done our festival run and stuff so please by all means um if you have 38 minutes to spare <laughs> please go watch it um and you know hopefully you'll learn a little bit about what this island is going through and their battle and the continued care that people have for life and all kinds of life and the generations to come thank you to peter for coming on the show check out the show notes to links to his social media and documentary Thanks again to Brenton Wainscott and the band Jaden for the music you've heard throughout today's episode. That's all we got for today. My name's David Tan, and that's Like the Color. Mm-hmm.